When Carrie learned of her husband's affair, she felt betrayed by God. She lost hope until she heard a Focus on the Family podcast. It was just kind of like God was sitting there with me, bringing this podcast to me and saying, listen, other people have gone before you and it'll be okay. You can trust me. I'm Jim Daly. Together we can rescue broken marriages like Carrie's and give families hope. Donate at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. That was the moment when she read the words on the card that said, thank you for choosing life for me. I was met with the most shocking news of my life, the most painful tears I've ever seen in anyone's eyes before. Claire Caldwell is the survivor of an abortion, and her birth mom was only 13 years old. Today on Focus on the Family, you'll hear a difficult yet very heartwarming story of how those two women reunited years later and God's redeeming work in their lives. Your host is Focus on the Family president and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, people can make moral or political arguments about abortion all day long, but nothing has more impact in this debate than the woman making a life or death decision for their child or the words of the child who survived that abortion. And we're going to speak to both of those perspectives today. Uh, we're going to talk with a woman who faced pregnancy as a 13-year-old girl and her daughter who survived that abortion attempt. And I hope you'll stay with us uh, for a compelling conversation to find out what God has done in their lives. Mm-hmm. And Claire Caldwell is the author of a new book, Survivor, an abortion survivor's surprising story of choosing forgiveness and finding redemption. We do have copies of that here at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A in the word family. And Claire has spoken boldly on Capitol Hill, in state legislatures, uh, in other places as well for the pro-life cause. She's married and has four kids, and uh, she and her birth mom, Tanya, have been uh, developing their relationship for the past several years. And Tanya herself is becoming pretty involved in speaking out for life. Well, Claire and Tanya, welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's good to have you. And Barbara, your adoptive mom is is in the audience, so she I want to make is. sure she gets a yes. shout out too. So uh, <laughs> it's wonderful to have all three of you here at Focus on the Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire, I so identify with difficulty in life. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you may have gotten off to a rough start, maybe even unknowingly you had loving adoptive parents. But in that regard, uh, your identity was developing. As a young person, how did you learn that you were adopted? I actually don't remember finding out that I was adopted. This was something that my sister and I were were both adopted, and uh, this was something we knew for as long as we can remember. It was something that was incredibly positive growing up for us. Uh, we remember our parents telling us all along that we were wanted, chosen, and loved, and those were you know strongholds in my life that I clung to no matter what came in my life, we were just as wanted, chosen, and loved as any child that was born into their family naturally. Well, that is so spectacular that they were able to give that to you. Mm -hmm. So you had a very secure identity. I did. And it's awesome. And I could see that. Claire, you alluded to this, but your medical condition, when you were born, you had some issues that the doctors and your adoptive parents obviously needed to deal with. What happened? So um, I was born uh, 10 weeks prematurely. 
come to find out years later as doctors have examined my records, uh, the club feet that I was born with and the dislocated hip that I was born with are common complications with twins and with premature babies. And so um, we don't know, you know, right. if the abortion procedure caused these complications or uh that caused a premature birth or if I would have been born with that and my twin would have been born with that. Um, we don't know. But my parents, uh, obviously, when they got the call to adopt me, it wasn't the call they expected that a three-pound baby girl with complications was born. They didn't know, you know, what kind of care I would need. I actually went through body casts as a child to correct these medical complications. Um, and I still have some some things today, some uh, physical uh, chronic pain and different issues uh, with my hips and with my feet that I still struggle with. Um, and it's my, my everyday reminder of what uh, we experienced, uh, Tanya and I, because mm -hmm. of abortion. Tanya, um, let's start with where you were at years ago. You're a 13-year-old girl, found out you're pregnant. Yes. Uh, I can only imagine all the emotions that were going through your mind. This is in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. um, take us back to that. Help the listener feel what that was like to be a 13-year-old and pregnant. Um, very frightening, scary, um, but also excited at the same time. Um, I sometimes wonder, how can you be so excited at that young of an age, but it is a life, so, um, but just very scared and um, confused on where, you know, my path would go, how would I tell my parent. Um, and let's describe know. that, because it's pretty important. Your your mom was not my mom very was, pleased, uh, obviously. My mom was not a compassionate mother whatsoever, um, so therefore I seeked compassion outside and um, of the home, uh -huh. and that was always with boys. Right. Um, so I confided in my best friend, Romy, and told her, we knew for a little bit, you know, I could just tell, okay, you know, something ain't right. So then it, you know, it came down to where I had to tell my mom. The most frightening day of my entire life, besides telling Claire that, she was supposed to be aborted, but wasn't. Um, when I told my mom, you know, I was scared. Um, she immediately, there was no kind of, um, you know, let's talk about this. Let's find the best things to do about it. It was immediately, we got to get rid of it. We can't, you know, you cannot do this. You cannot drag our family name through the so ground. So a lot of shaming. A lot yeah. of shaming and... Um, you know, we never could speak about it. Right. That led you down a path that was, you know, unfortunate. I'm sure maybe you could say as positive as might be said is that your mom was trying to help you but didn't wasn't equipped to know how to do that. So she um, points you toward an yeah. abortion. It's and, an easy fix. Right. And, you know, this is what we yeah. need to do. And at 13, I mean, that's young. Yeah. So, you know, I can't imagine all that was going on there. Your dad in this picture, was he not in the picture any longer? Or what um, was my dad has always been in the picture. My dad was a severe alcoholic. Um, I've only known my dad to be sober for 11 years. 
Yeah. Um, That's another whole year. 11 wonderful years, may I add. Uh, So we always went there, but we never told Dad of things because the consequences. So you go for the exam. Uh, What happened? What did the doctor tell you? Um, So I went in this little shotgun house, backwoods abortion Mm. clinic. Really, they never talked to you. They have no compassion for you. It is, you know, here's your gown, get undressed, lay up here, we're going to examine you. Um, Yes, you're pregnant, get dressed, go out and make an appointment for your abortion. Hmm. And it's that straightforward. Mm -hmm. But they miss something, and this is pretty critical. And, Claire, we're going to bring you in here pretty quick. But what did they say and what did they do at that abortion? Well, I had my abortion procedure done, and I went home. And went on with life, you know, just you had I had to go home and pretend like that never happened. Right. Um, To make your mom happy. Yeah. You know, you go home and you've spent this whole day in an abortion clinic. You're in agonizing pain mentally and physically. And um, you can't speak of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there was something happening. Yes. So. Go back to school, everything's normal, and I continue my body still changing. So I'm like, okay, something's wrong, Romy. You know, I think I'm still pregnant, but I wasn't sexually active. I hadn't been sexually active right. since I'd gotten pregnant. So I had to tell my mom again, you know, I haven't been sexually active, which she never believed. Right. Um, so back to the abortion clinic we go. And we go to the same one, and they're like, she's too far along. We won't do it. But you can go to Kansas, and Kansas does the long term. Yeah. Yeah. So I get there, and I'm too far along. Even for them? Yeah. Because at that time, it was cut off at 20 weeks, I believe. Uh And Tanya, for listeners who are tracking along here, you you actually had been originally pregnant with Twins, yes, right? I was pregnant with twins. And so the, so, the abortion was effective. Yes, the oh. abortion was effective, but I was still pregnant. So when I went back to Kansas, um, not only was I too far along, but they said, you know, this baby, there's no way that I had gotten pregnant hmm. from the first abortion and be this far along. So it had to be twins. In that context, uh, how did you decide then to um, give Claire up for adoption? Was that the only option? Did you think of any other things that could be done? Could you keep her? I would have loved to have kept her, but that wasn't an option. Your mom was dead set That was not even spoke about. Yeah. How did that transpire emotionally then for you? You had to give birth to Claire, the unexpected one. You Mm. thought that your baby had Uh, been aborted, and and now you have the twin. The confusion of, Mm. is this really happening? Can this really happen, you know? Um, I remember with the first abortion, I was so heartbroken, but I was so relieved at the same time. And I know that's strange, but you're 13, you're pregnant. Uh, yeah. You just think that, you know, first you're celebrating you're pregnant, and then you're celebrating that you're not pregnant because you don't want to be pregnant. And then to find out that you still are pregnant, you aborted one of your babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really can't tell you the exact emotions. Yeah. 
very heartbreaking, than, right? Yeah. An and, emotional roller coaster. Yeah, and you could see that. I mean, tears all these years later, <laughs> which is the right thing. I mean, yeah. your heart is broken over that, and it's okay because that that's well, traumatic. Well, the wonder. You know what's bothered me so much lately is just the wonder. You know, what do they look like? Sure. No, boy or girl. What's its personality? Is it like Claire? Yeah. Mm. And you don't think about that when you're aborting your baby. No, uh, not at all. And you have such a unique perspective as the birth mom. You well, know, thank here, you. You had to make that decision. It was forced upon you. You really didn't make a decision. But in that context, to carry the emotions of a baby that you lost to abortion, and then Claire, who was saved, yeah. really by God's grace. Thank goodness. I mean, you think <laughs> about that. Yeah. yeah. They could have aborted both babies. And that gives you a unique perspective. Because you know what yeah. Claire has grown into be, a wonderful woman. Yes. Fighting for the cause of life. Yeah. Four children of her own. I know. And that's the message of, the powerful message of a mom. Yeah. This is what makes it so right. unique. I can't wait for the reunion. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. At Focus on the Family Canada, we're always seeking to meet the changing and growing needs of your family. That's why we've developed our free Focus on the Family magazine. It's spiritually grounded and relevant to your needs. Get your free subscription at focusonthefamily.ca. Find parenting tips, practical marriage guidance, useful advice on media, and encouraging ways to help your family grow in Christ. Sign up for your free subscription of Focus on the Family magazine today. Visit focusonthefamily.ca. Searching for the right insurance at the right price isn't always a quick click on the Internet. Deeks Insurance has been a licensed insurance brokerage since before Googling was a thing. So if you're looking to save on auto insurance that includes multi-vehicle discounts and first accident forgiveness or home coverage with enhanced water options, then start your search by typing Deeks Insurance. You'll already start saving on time spent searching the Internet for the best insurance. Visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance, where family matters. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. We'll continue now with the balance of our programming. Claire, here you are. You showed up. Awesome. It's pretty crazy. It um, is. The most shocking moment of my life was sitting face-to-face with Tanya, and she told me that I had survived an abortion, that I had been a twin. You know, these weren't things that I grew up knowing. What and year so, was that? Um, I found out in uh, 2009 when I was 21 years old. Right. Yes. So when you had been on this journey to connect with your birth mom, you had a wonderful adoptive family. Of course, Barbara's here, and I mentioned her in the beginning. But that question popped up. You had an, a sister who was also adopted in the family, correct? Yes. My sister Rachel's adopted, and so she met her birth mother. Uh-huh. And then I started to think about Tanya. Like, was she waiting 
for mm-hmm. 21 years for me to to thank her in the same way that my sister was able to thank her birth mother. I mean, had she been thinking about me all this time, I had had questions. And so um, I wanted to reach out to her to get to know her, um, hopefully, but at least to thank her for my life and for my family, because I knew that she completed our family in the same way that Rachel's birth mother had. Let's uh, describe how the two of you connected to make sure that the listeners know that. It was 2009. What transpired? Your adopted sister had that experience of finding her birth mother. That planted the seed in you, as you described. Then how did it unfold? I went home uh, that night and actually opened up the conversation with my parents and with my sister about searching for my birth mother. And so the next day I got on the phone and I called a deaconess in Oklahoma, which is um, the adoption agency that I was adopted through uh, where Tanya lived when she was pregnant with me. And I called them, and a woman named Debbie actually answered my phone call, and I told her who I was, and she said, oh my goodness, I know exactly who you are. I've actually had your picture on my desk for the past 21 years. And you're tiny, you have your little casts on your feet and this harness on your hips. And um, I remember being confused by that phone call. Like, why in the world would someone keep my baby picture on their desk for 21 years? But this was um, just a little glimpse of what was about to transpire as I met my birth mother. And so Debbie found Tanya and asked her if my birthday meant anything to her. And Tanya said yes. And uh, she agreed to meet me. And so we met uh, in Dallas and we had this incredible reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, when I opened the door, uh, that, I can't imagine. That. Do you want I can't to imagine oh, I what that would be like. I have just thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, we, we wow. both felt like we opened the door and we were like looking at ourselves. Like we look so much <laughs> yes. alike and we, uh, I mean, we even act a lot alike. We have, yeah. um, I was studying to be a nurse at the time and Tanya was a nurse. And so there were so many similarities. I think I brought a stack of pictures like this big <laughs> to show her uh, from my life. And we ate and a lot and cried a lot and laughed a lot and looked at did. pictures. And what did that feel like for you? In terms of the completion of that Um, circle, because just the whole experience was, I mean, wonderful. Uh, We met at some of Barbara's friends, and uh, they just all took me and my husband and my um, kids in, you know, with open arms. I never, once I went in that door, I never felt uncomfortable. Mm, Yeah, I felt loved and accepted, and it was just great. You know, I'm like, my girl. Yeah. I'm seeing my girl again. Yeah. I mean, what a wonderful um, end of the sentence of that part of your life, right? The story. And you get a chance to meet Claire because of that 2009 meeting. Claire, I believe you gave Tanya a card, which is pretty integral to the story. What transpired with that? Our first meeting went so well that we wanted to continue our relationship, and so um, I got her a gift. I I wanted to remind her that she was an incredible mother for me because she had placed me for adoption and given me my family. I knew that oftentimes women that do place their babies, they struggle with that, feeling like they weren't 
a good mother and I wanted to, you know, tear down those lies that maybe she believed about herself. And so I got her a ring and a necklace with my birthstone on it and then a card. And in the card I wrote, thank you for choosing life for me. And so when I got to Oklahoma, my first trip to visit Tanya and her family, uh, I gave her these gifts. And that was the moment when she read the words on the card that said, thank you for choosing life for me. Um, I thought it would be this incredible moment where I would tell her everything she longed to hear for 21 years. I thought it would be like this redemptive breakthrough moment. And I was met with the most shocking news of my life, the most painful tears I've ever seen in anyone's eyes before. Mm. Um, And it changed my life forever as she told me about being pregnant with me at 13 years old and that I had survived her abortion procedure that was meant to end my life and that I had been a twin. Um, But I I was taken back by her tears by her um, grief by her grief it is i mean you saw a little bit today but it was it's indescribable to me yeah. to tell you what what i saw in her eyes that day as Tan- she described it tonya let me grab that because you read the card and it obviously went right into your heart well it's in my heart anyway right you know i wanted to tell her in texas at your first meeting yeah so I had thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And I just couldn't do it. And I regretted it when I went home because that should have been the first thing mm-hmm. that she knew. It probably should have been the first thing that Barbara knew. But I remember telling her, and I was immediately relieved, mm-hmm. you know, at that horrible, horrible thing that had happened in my life. And. She's the only person that didn't know about it. My husband knew about it. My children have known about it since a young age. I've never kept it from them, kind of like her knowing she was adopted from a young age. My kids have always known that I had an abortion and it killed one of my babies and they had a sister somewhere. Hmm. But I was just so relieved that I was so scared that she would not accept me. I was scared that she would think that I aborted her brother or sister, and I tried to abort her. When it didn't work, I tried again, and when that didn't work, I gave her away. Hmm. But that's not how it happened. You know, she forgave me right away. She's loved me since that day, and I'm so thankful (laughs) that she did. And that's, you know, what a beautiful place we have to end. But people can read the whole story by getting a copy of your book. But I I think the key here and what I'm sensing is just um, when things are given over to God, he does wrap it in a beautiful bow. Oh, you can't even imagine. Yeah. Just listening (laughs) to your story, you know, it it is the gift that he's given your family, all of you, including Barbara and her husband, your adoptive parents. It's a beautiful story. And I think the key, which some women have told me when a woman is pregnant and they go to consider an abortion, it's hard for them to think about giving away their baby to adoption. And that's one of the key things I wanted to stress today for women to definitely consider that. Mm -hmm. Life is so much better 
the choice for life is a much better choice with fewer regrets. And you have the hope of re, you know, reuniting. Right. Abortion, you never reunite. And, well, hopefully we will. In heaven. In heaven. And I think that's the key. Those who care about a pro-life perspective, those who care about your story, those that have their own story, uh, when we engage women who are considering abortion, let's lift up this idea of adoption because you are the poster child for that. And the Lord has really blessed you with a, a great sensibility that I'm fine. I'm good with this. You're good with your birth mom, Tanya, and you're good with your adoptive mom, Barbara, and it's all working. And uh, this is the way it should be for those uh, difficult situations that women are in. God is bigger than our circumstances, and his plan is always bigger and better than our own. And that's what I found that even in my valleys and my moment where I felt like I was in the trenches and questioning the the things that were transpiring in my life, Mm -hmm. that he had gone before me and he knew and he had a plan and he was going to make a way and make something good Mm. out of something that was evil and hurt us so bad. So, Um, Claire, to end it, this would be it. But that woman who is listening, and maybe she is pregnant, maybe she has a commitment to Christ, but it's all confusing right now. Um, What would you say to her from your perspective? You know, the words that my parents spoke over me that God says about me, um, that I am valuable and loved and worthy, um, he says those things about you too. And there are people that want to walk alongside you to make the impossible possible for you um, so that you never have to experience the pain and regret of abortion like Tanya has, like I have. And so I would encourage you just to reach out um, today call in and talk to someone, pray with someone, and get resources because you are stronger than your circumstances and you are supported. Well, that's so true, and I appreciate that. And Focus, that's one of the reasons we're here. We have caring Christian counselors. You can call, and they'll talk with you. They'll schedule a time to call back, Mm -hmm. and that is a great first step. What should I do now? And certainly reach out to your church, your pastor, whomever is in your life. Friends, etc. Anybody. Just reach out and talk with somebody. You know, I'm so excited about Option Ultrasound. I know you have helped us promote that here at Focus on the Family. But we've been doing this for 16 years. The, we've got the numbers down. It's $60 to save a baby's life. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. $60, save a baby's life. Join us. Mm. Let mm. the Lord shed his blessing upon yeah. you for doing that. And uh, if you can do that, support Option Ultrasound. Support us with a $60 gift. So together, we can save a baby's life. It's that simple. Yeah, and if you can make that uh, a monthly pledge of $60, you'll be saving a baby's life every month through that Option Ultrasound program. So please donate that way if you can. We recognize some people aren't in a spot to do that, and so uh, a one-time gift of $60 sure does accomplish a great deal for one baby. Uh, Either way, contact us, donate uh, to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Our number, 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Right, John, and uh, I want to invite people to come and be a part of our Sea Life event for 2021. It's going to be at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, August 28th, and you can get more information by going to the website or calling us here at Focus. We're hoping many people will stand up for life and be a part of it. Yeah, that's the culmination of a six-week online um, series of videos that we have. 
So please uh, swing by our website, find out more about the videos, and celebrate life live experience uh, that's happening at the American Airlines Center on the 28th of August, as Jim said. All the details are at focusonthefamily.ca or, again, call 800, the letter A, and the word family. Claire, Tanya, thank you so much for being with us. This has been really good. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for having us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Focus on the Family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.